It's my birthday and I whine if I want to. Whine if I want to. Whine if I want to. You would whine too if the... Wait, I had a whole thing for this. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Vicariously Merlin, The Darkest Hour, Part 1 and 2. This is Season 4, Episode 1 and 2, that premiered, let me see, October 1st of 2011 and then October 8th of 2011. Both episodes were written by Julian Jones and directed by Alice Charlton. So, we are going to not break this out between one and two. We're just going to discuss both episodes. As far as the ratings, I gave the first part a 9.2 out of 10. Enjoyed it a lot more. And the second part, I got 7.8 out of 10 because it was a whole bunch of talkative talk, talk, talk. And while I enjoy talkative talk, 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 it was a whole lot of talkative talk, talk, talk. And I was like, I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> Because half of this dialogue I have heard before a million times and Alice Troughton is definitely someone who I feel does not pay attention to what she writes before because you puzzle me, Berlin. I'm so tired of Arthur saying that. You need to get better dialogue, man. <laughs> you need to write better dialogue. Wait, no, that's Julian Jones who I'm, I'm yelling at. Yeah, I will say Alice Troughton did a good do- job directing. It's Julian Jones. I'm sorry, I came for the wrong person. I gotta make sure whose guts I'm trying to spill on this episode. It will, in fact, be Julian Jones. And he definitely feels as if he is one of the the foremost bromance moment. Like, he is all about... You can tell every time he's in an episode. I feel like there's a less characterization of Gwen. Like, I don't know, and I'm, I'm going to go back and actually do some research on this just to see if I'm just being weird or if it's just something I picked up because it does feel as if his episodes are the ones where I'm like, mm. and he started off the season. Do not get me wrong. He is one of the first writers on this series in episode one. Let me see. Uh, the Mark of Nimue. I'm about to literally look this up because he's a huge writer. Excalibur, The Moment of Truth, um, Mort D. Arthur. Let's go into season three. Yup, he was not in <laughs> The Curse of Signilius. He didn't did put Gwen in that episode. Um, the Lady of the Lake. That was an awful episode. He also worked on the Fires of Idrisol that Andy, actually, yeah, he did the two-part finale in season two, which was not very focused on Gwen. And then, let's see, Tears of Uther, he did that two-parter. He did Gwen in Crystal Cave. He did the Eye of the Phoenix. Notice all of these are not Gwen episodes. The Sorcerer's Shadow, also really terrible episodes um yeah i think it's it's very safe for me to say i'm not a huge fan of julian jones and the episodes that he does or writes for because the banter is very much the exact same thing and i guess that's just my take on it (laughs) he's just not one of a great a great writer on this series 
um let's get into the recap because everyone upstairs is really loud i have tried to wait for a great moment to record so if you are hearing any thumping i am going to try to keep it out but honestly i can't just it's it's so hard because it's like seven kids up there at this point i don't know if people have stayed the night but they're trash they're always going to be trash they're not going to change from being trash so (laughs) i have to simply start living my life around it until i move the hell out and unfortunately that's not going to happen until next year so (laughs) all of that long spiel to say it's my birthday and i want if i want (laughs) merlin if y'all were listening to the opening scene is now a young man It doesn't rest on a young boy it rests on a young man the whole entire kingdom or the future of the i don't even know what he's supposed to be doing anymore it's nice to see all the knights in camelot like Gwen, lancelot percival doing things that are normal i will say that is something i did enjoy and i'm going to chalk that up to alice troughton who said we need to have things going on in the castle because we never show things going on in the castle and while i said previously at night a castle would be very lightly guarded during the day it should be as we as we see it in this first episode very busy we even get to meet the kitchen staff you got them still in chicken (laughs) why is arthur's shirt in the kitchen i do not know um because that seems like a good place where it would clearly get stained after being washed but it's just a way to get merlin in the kitchen and surprisingly it's when he leaves the kitchen that he runs into someone with a wine glass and gets wine all over that white shirt and then he runs into lancelot who's like yeah clearly you can fix this problem because it's magic you have it and i'm glad that they have a moment where you know Berlin can share having magic with someone i just wish it was gwen and not (laughs) lancelot and i still wish he could he could have went around a corner anything besides in the hallway with more people than we've ever seen in three seasons and this motherfucker doing magic why why do we need to keep writing this come on it's not like we haven't seen it otherwise where someone's eyes just glow and magic happens we don't need to hear him say anything but anyhow um outside of camelot morgana is spotted by sir leon sir elion and two other white shirts or red shirts because they apparently were murdered while the other two with the same blast were not murdered (laughs) and she has clearly grown more powerful during this time why did she feel the need to tell them where she was actually going her last uh adventure with merlin (laughs) and i thought maybe well i knew she wasn't dead clearly but i didn't recall that it was this weird injury to the face but i guess if you cause neural damage i can roll with it arthur is attempting to dress himself and allows merlin to write his speech since he already had one written out and he was working on it (laughs) and he's like fine this sounds good put some polish on it but you should thank me for allowing (laughs) what did he say like 
no one gets to write the king's speech so that should be a privilege you should thank me for that and he's like yeah i'm not not going to gwen who is looking awfully pretty in blue and now has uh what is that a hair clip in her in her hair (laughs) a hair clip in her hair she is taking care of the shell that was one uther pendragon who is not eating who is allowing himself to deteriorate this past year gaius just lurks in corners that seems to be his job despite being the court physician he's like i'm just gonna sit here and watch but apparently the whole thing with morgana was the last straw and he is not speaking he's not eating he is simply wasting away and it is beautiful of gwen to be looking after him so well and she says i don't do it for uther i do it for arthur who is preparing for the feast i thought this whole entire first episode that they waited all the way until the end to give us any arwen is definitely why i don't like julian jones i think i'm gonna put that out there on a banner julian jones was very much (laughs) in love with the bromance and basically said fuck the romance every time he had a chance to write this show as arthur is being told morgana has been spotted he uh or we are introduced to Agravain, which is arthur's uncle on his mother's side where he has been all this time do not know but apparently i have a feeling he wasn't so cool with uther because you know she was married <laughs> no she died oh yeah i could definitely see some reasons why the uncle would have issues because if uther basically had arthur using mag- magic and then went on a magic killing spree of course he is aligned with morgana but because uther is not there to say anything and arthur's like oh uncle you've come to help and it's only been these last few months i think this is this is a good thing i can accept a a nice twist to the plot that makes sense morgana hath torn the veil between the worlds when she kills her sister that is what her sister wanted to do so that they can unleash the Durakas against their enemies, bring them to their knees. But she's told by the Kalik, Kalik, whatever, oh woman, that she has created a new world and Emerus is in her shadow now, her destiny and her doom. As this happens, Merlin is affected while he is at the feast and passes out i did not even need that camera pan shot to arthur rolling his eyes because it's not arthur why do they insist on making thing make him do stuff that is just not even what what is that why why would he be annoyed that his servant passed out and wouldn't be like what's wrong are you okay clearly he has affection for merlin we see this throughout the entire series and yet you do stupid shit like this that makes no damn sense why i just and i've been making a lot of excuses for it but at this point i'm annoyed because it made literally no sense he would not have been asking along with lancelot oh my god what happened to merlin not oh he's just being a clumsy servant and then he passes like what that just makes no fucking sense i mean it's just bullshit fuck oh my they did decide this season that Gaius will have answers to questions he is asked so that's a good thing even though he still (laughs) comes off as useless and 
he realizes this is the Kalec or something to that effect. Doesn't know who Emrys is, but he does have a look. Arthur is then awoken by Merlin and he's brought to the hall to speak with one Drea, a village maiden whose village was attacked. And he spoke to her so freaking sweetly. That was so nice to see him as a good king before he and the Knights of the Round Table head out to investigate what is going on and what has killed everyone. But can we take a moment once they got to the village to appreciate Percival's muscles? They then wander this village until dark (laughs) saying let's uh get out of here after they realize you know all the dead bodies have been accounted for and there's something creepy going on what's up with Gwen eating it was hysterical him eating that apple taking a bite and it was so freaking loud he was like oh it scared himself (laughs) that was funny then we have merlin being real transparent though before they leave about using his magic all up in the fucking open and then being all sad and cry face about the fact that his magic don't work and i'm like since when was this not i mean every time we need your magic to work in the clutch foo it don't work camelot is under attack too as aggravane sends gwen to get gaius can we talk about glenn and her glow up this season because she looking lush Especially they got her having some boob action out there. (laughs) Um, But Sis defends herself when one of these Casper the Friendly Ghosts come in with a torch. She's like, I ain't scared. Merlin whines to Gaius that he is scared and his magic is useless. And I said, what's new? Merlin acts like a nervous hen the entire time while Arthur admits, yeah, I could put a brave face on it, but I'm just as scared as you are, if not more so. Percival finds three children in town, saves them, and is running when one of these ghost creature Doraki tries to... What's up with them and the undead in this show? I feel like they don't know what to fucking do other than it's undead. That's the biggest threat. You can't kill it. I feel as if they need, after three seasons four now of this they they need some i mean there's plenty of other thing and welsh and english lore that they could try to come up with and yet they very much leaning on this fucking undead thing and they really need to to find some new material (laughs) and this casper thing was not it i was not scared whatsoever but he is saved by ilion and apparently gwen's house is the is the new ghost shelter Agravine thinks they should close the citadel but Arthur disagrees saying no we will protect our people Gaius always fumbles over given information I don't know sire but when I heard in the old religion like Gaius just come out with it just come out with it Gaius you ain't got to we don't need a whole thing just say what it is so they ride to the Isle of Bless kids about how do I what was his words I just need to know how to stop this Gaius I don't think you can stop it, sire. However, the tear in the valves just needs to be repaired. Just say that. I'm sorry. He is so annoying. Um, They then decide to ride at dawn. And it's clear that Arthur tends to take his life. Because he tells him, Gaius, that, hey, a blood sacrifice is going to be needed to close this veil. Agravine is a traitor working with Morgana and we should have seen that coming from the get-go. 
Arthur is still seeking information or affirmation from his dad. There's a lovely Arwen moment, finally. Only what? 10 minutes till the episode goes off? That's some bullshit and y'all know it. Y'all know it. So, I did love their moment though, because she's like, Arthur, you don't have to go. You know, take care. This is another repetitive dialogue thing. Like, come on. Sometimes I hate. Like, they did more with the male dialogue than having Gwen just say, be safe. And then he says, well, remember the first, like, he wants her to smile. And she says, I can't smile. And then he says, remember the first time that I kissed you? And her face just lights up. And he says, that's the moment I want to take with me. And they hug. And it is fucking beautiful. And we should have had 10 times more of it in this episode. Arthur leaves Argervane in charge. Gwen goes to Lancelot and has him promise to protect Arthur. And he says with his life. And we all knew what that was going to (laughs) mean. So if anyone was surprised that Lancelot died, you shouldn't have been because they told you right here. Morgana has a dream of a battlefield where people are dead and she pleads help from Emerus and he says is this what you wanted Morgana or this is not what you wanted Morgana or something to that effect. Then there's the night of spookiness that went on for so damn long until Merlin takes an L for Arthur once they were hanging out this castle uh and then they had to go get firewood and that's how we pretty much ended the first episode because Arthur wants to take Merlin back to Camelot in the second one but Lancelot decides to go instead which is perfect since Merlin needed some magical powers to heal himself he's not quite dead like everyone else because he's he's Merlin but he is freezing and on the cusp of death Gwen always eating gets attacked by some bees when he tries to get some honey good to see the knights are bonding though with arthur and not just merlin that was my big pet peeve of season one or season three so i'm glad that in this moment they did get as much as there were a whole bunch of talking to talk 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 that arthur did have some friends he can lean on or was told that hey you have friends that you can lean on besides merlin but i also like that arthur really wanted to be there for merlin in case he is not okay and like Casey dies he wanted to be the one that takes him back to Camelot and that does weigh on him most of the episode um Agravain then closes the gates and Camelot and then <laughs> Gwen's like Gaius <laughs> and sends Gaius to plead with the council about this decision but Gaius fails however Gwen asks permission to address the court and makes a case to open the gates and prevails because they know she queen (laughs) like i don't think there's any debate on who's about to be queen i don't want to piss her off and that is just what arthur just said before he left he said we're not closing the gates given arthur gave the same argument before he left i don't know why argivane tried to play it but before i guess they they were the only ones in the room so yeah he, i mean it's not like he didn't make a good point but it, it wasn't about the point it was about taking care of their people and so she leaves he then runs to morgana and tells her hey we have an irritant problem her name is gwen and morgana says well she's dangerous she can sit on my throne i would rather drown in my own blood before that happens it could be arranged sis it could be arranged i wasn't as fond of this episode because it was this was the one where it was entirely too much talking and then some weird parts of the, that didn't make any sense 
the one being the whole aggravating thing then we'll move on to uther is seeking arthur out and they're lying to him saying he went on a hunting trip but they don't need to have him agitated then aggravating go ask when well you're really smart you know the people i may have let arthur down says all the right things but then says can i seek your counsel and can we meet in my chambers later oh don't do it yes yeah. oh my god gwen i'm sorry you know damn well going to a man's chambers at night <laughs> seeking his like, if you want to seek counsel we can do it in the council room why do we need to be in your bedroom at night that don't make no fucking sense but he said his chambers like it wasn't his bedroom but it felt like it was his bedroom and i was like no the conversation gets real creepy especially when he keeps creeping around her back of her chair and then he almost touched her hair and she was like okay this is like she should have been up and out of that room way quicker than she did and then comes the dumbest part i think of the whole entire episode when morgana shows up in town okay everybody should know what morgana looked like at this point she ain't rained down a terror on your people she shot arrows at y'all so no y'all should know when morgana rolls into town but fine she's in disguise in black whatever why the fuck did she go in the castle only to go outside the castle to where she needed to attack Gwen? someone is she killed she knocks out a guard right to show her impressive powers that even sneak it up behind she can knock someone out but the bells are going off i'm not very clear on what was supposed to be happening <laughs> during the transitions of the scene other than morgana's close and lurking and the per- like she could have just done this by i don't know waiting in gwen's house waiting outside of gwen's house creeping in a bush anywhere in town she did not need to go in the castle for any damn reason especially if the attack was planned for outside the fucking castle alien who i expected to have a much bigger relationship with arthur considering he totally wants to bang and marry his sister is like you have friends not just merlin and i'm glad of that part that he had friends instead of knights and i was happy to see that he got them to put the berries on their face just like he did to merlin (laughs) telling straight up lies i thought that was a cute callback gaius goes looking for gwen because no one is with uther as aggravain said it said someone would be and he can't find her anywhere and he's worried about her my thing is if you were so worried about aggravain that you were feeling uneasy then you should have said something to gwen like you know what i don't really trust him like you have been around uther all this time you should <laughs> anyhow <laughs> i could go on and on and on about guys and, <laughs> and why he is the worst character in this show um what else happens he goes looking for her apparently she's been knocked out this whole entire time Darache don't even ain't even interested in killing her she he is able to get her back to his quarters he tells her girl somebody trying to kill you and she said well they didn't try so damn hard and he was like well murder is something you can't <laughs> cover up it's too suspicious and you mean too much to arthur and he will rain down horror it's easier for you to be killed under um circumstances than to be outright murdered and that kind of is a point lancelot gets acquainted with some of uh merlin's magical friends because they heal him and then the dragon comes and he says i'm gonna say i'm gonna get my life and they have a whole conversation and i'm like okay whatever and then (laughs) they decide to go back to arthur 
they do have a quick conversation about Gwen and it was kind of sad to hear Lancelot acknowledge that Gwen is he's like Arthur loves her and Gwen is happy like come on bruh Gwen loves Arthur and he lost his shot he lost his chance he broke her heart and he knows it and I think that he's always had a point in his life where he doesn't think he has any worth and I think it was easier even when the dragon was talking like no everyone else has a part to play in this whole thing I don't he was kind of like this back in season two that's why he left her in the first place he's never been able to think he has any worth to bring to anyone or he sees himself as below everyone else and that is his tragedy because if he had been just a little bit braver more courageous one may say uh he was sacrificing but at the same time you know (laughs) you can't be looking all salty and then not acknowledge that Gwen may love Arthur as much or even more than she loved you Uh, yeah I can see you not really wanting to acknowledge that to yourself though then they continue their journey and he is doing it because of his vow for her he makes it very clear Merlin and he catch up with Arthur everyone's happy there's hugs Merlin gives his pep talk to Arthur as he does every episode I love the romance but I will say some of it is so repetitive I wish they would have him have him with different characters it's overly done is what I'm trying to say Merlin tries to sacrifice his life but is told basically even if you want to die it ain't your time to die and they turn and see Lancelot walking into the veil to repair it because he decides to sacrifice his life and then he is given a proper funeral and send off at Camelot and Arthur gives a speech about him the handhold between him and Gwen was beautiful but I also like that he revealed or she revealed you know he didn't do it for Camelot he did it basically because I told him to take care of you and you were going to sacrifice your life clearly and (laughs) he wasn't going to allow that to happen so now she feels a certain guilt but also she's just mourning and I love the fact that he just allows her to mourn by putting his hand on her shoulder because it is a thing that was between them it's what happened between them there was someone before (laughs) him and her it's fine it's like your ex-boyfriend dies and you're not going to be like oh well he was your ex-boyfriend so you shouldn't mourn him no he's like absolutely take this moment and the fact that you did it you gave him this this um this vow that he stuck to and it was for you and it was out of her love for you so yeah I loved everything about the fact that Arthur was respectful of that but I know it has to also eat at his soul because that was one a friend of his but he really did sacrifice not for even Arthur he did it for Gwen and he still loved her despite the fact that he was a knight of Camelot and he respected that she loved Arthur. Morgana is freaking out and mad that it the whole plan failed. She blames Emerus and now wants Agravain to find him so that they can kill him because that's the only thing stopping her from being successful in her plans. So Agravain goes to Gaius asking for said info and now he and Merlin are at high alert because ain't nobody know that name besides Morgana and he must be working with her so another snake inside the castle that's really close to the king no it's not like we've done this before but Agravain is an interesting character himself I am uh intrigued on how 
Mimi and Shy, why am I blanking out right now, <laughs> will have on his characterization now and in the future. So that is the perfect segue to get into the feedback. If you want to join in the conversation, you can send feedback to blackhawkouch at gmail.com. You can send it via audio or you can send it in written format. First up, Queen Shy. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. <laughs> yes, you're not the only one that can insert music into your feedback. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in a good mood. Life is good. This week was stressful, and I didn't think we would ever see this day <laughs> because 2020 has been full of hella dark times. So I had to do it. I'm sorry. I had to do it. So I had to take a moment and just express my happiness. It's over or almost over. We got two more months and I'm sure we haven't heard the last of Mr. D even after he leaves, you know, either kicking and screaming or whatever the case may be (laughs) out of the White House. I'm sure it's going to be some long reaching lingering effects from his reign of terror but for the moment i am celebrating anyway it was hard i'm not gonna lie it was so hard for me to watch these episodes because it's so much going on there's celebrations happening right down the street from where I'm at in downtown Atlanta so yeah it was hard to stay focused on uh things but I did I did watch Merlin um and I did enjoy the premieres or the premiere I should say season four episodes one and two I'm trying to decide which one I like better I think I liked episode one better than episode two i think episode two for me dragged a little bit but i mean i still enjoy both of them it's just that yeah two definitely dragged a little bit more than um the premiere but um yeah so let's get into this feedback first thing first i love the intro so yeah um merlin is now a young man he's no longer a boy so there's high expectations for you merlin you're no longer a little boy doing little boy things you're a young man so i'm expecting you to act accordingly 
and at least for this episode there seems to be some hope <laughs> yes there were still some reminders of some old habits but um yeah he wasn't too bad in this one or in these two um so i will give him that i tell you what man i said it before my last feedback for the last two episodes of season three but it bears repeating that sir leon I, I tell you he's got nine lives he's like a cat that dude don't die <laughs> no matter what i love it anyways is it me or anybody else questioning why author's shirt was in the kitchen hanging i'm like ew there's nowhere else to put his shirt <laughs> what the hell uh okay uh, i'll we'll go with that that the prince's shirt is hanging in the kitchen while they're cooking dinner or whatever they're cooking all right back to the sir leon stuff so what's up with Margosa's face so that all happened because she got knocked the hell out by uh i guess it was gaius and not merlin which whatever um last episode so i guess she i yeah um she didn't die but she was dying and it took her a year to die i'm guessing internal injuries brain something i don't know because the only thing that looked jacked up was her face so not sure what was going on with her but yeah um of course we all know morgana is going to be seeking revenge and throughout these both these episodes she looked cray cray so yeah she's on that stuff you know christina i heard what you were saying in the last feedback about uther when i said that he was weak and all that stuff and i get what you're saying you know oh yeah he was exposed and then this betrayal but that blame it you're the king you're the king you posture this or you come across as this big and bad nobody could tell me nothing you know you know killing folks left and right you know whatever you know willing your authority your power over people can you know it's like it's committing genocide you know and then you can't handle people finding out that you lied uh, uh, i'm sorry i i mean i'm with mimi who doesn't feel sorry for her whatsoever but i'm just like no he's weak that's weak that's and then a whole year and you sitting around moping you know in a was it canatonic i don't know some whatever state that's called when you canatonic state um, when you're just sitting there staring into the void really really uh, uh no i'm sorry my opinion stands he's weak moving on you know and this is gonna tie into episode two but i'm just i mean i might as well just say it this was the longest drawn out obvious plot i have seen in my life 
who did not know when Gwen asked Lancelot to look after Arthur, who we know was talking about um, sacrificing himself, and Gwen knows that too, that something shady was going on. She may not have known the details, but she knew something was on, wasn't on the up and up. I knew it. I, I just knew. And then as the episode went on, and mostly the second um, episode too, all the long drawn out about everybody sacrificing themselves. Arthur's going to sacrifice himself. No, Merlin's going to sacrifice himself. No, uh, the bird is going to sacrifice himself. Lancelot looking all sad and mopey and, you know, staring at Merlin. And I'm like, okay this if 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 y'all can y'all make it more obvious that y'all are that Lancelot is going to be the one to sacrifice himself in the end can y'all at least put some mystery in it but no they just laid out the brick he needs to be there because he just seems so not happy so uh, I mean and he looked happy when he was sacrificed Sorry, I had to pause. My child, I tell you what, it seemed like, you know, I'm sitting here all day, you know, chilling, watching, of course, Merlin and watching the news, all the celebrations. Nobody ain't bothering me. The minute I start to record my feedback, I'm getting phone calls and ugh, just anyways, back to the feedback. So, yeah, Lancelot. Yeah, him. Yeah, it was not it was not the most well kept secret. Him sacrificing himself. Also, did anybody else see the uncle thing coming? I was, I'm like, are y'all like, <laughs> that was so obviously. I'm like, where does this uncle come from? So I immediately got suspicious. Like, I never heard y'all mention of no uncle in any any capacity. <clears throat> Excuse me. He comes out of nowhere. Talking about how he promised his mom that he would always keep an eye on him. When was he doing that? Because I didn't even know he existed. So, yeah. Of course, you know, you, I think others, I can thank other shows for having my antenna up with the uncle. Because, again, you know, it's always shady when people come in out of the blue. And then, of course, he's like the surrogate father because Uther is being Uther um so yeah that was anyway and can we talk about Percival what's up with the the sleeveless I mean uh is, sir you're supposed to be protecting yourself that's protective gear so your arms are what they're they're too powerful to, <laughs> to be injured so you don't need anything to cover those I mean, don't get me wrong. They were amazing to look at. Thank you, Mr. Tom. You know, I, I, I'm not mad at you. It's just that, uh, is it really practical? <laughs> and then we have, you know, everyone, oh, it's not your fault, Merlin. Well, eh, technically, yes, it is his fault. Because he had many occasions to get rid of Morgana. He did not. And... All right, I'm beginning to think it's a freaking conspiracy with my kids because that's like interruption number five. It's starting to irritate me. So I don't, know. I don't even know where I was. 
Oh my gosh. We got one calling me again. Another one busting through my room. Like he crazy. Sorry. Um, back to what I was <laughs> doing with Merlin. I don't remember where I was. But um, I think I was talking about Morgana. But yeah. I'm glad to see she's more powerful. I know that she's going to be on a revenge fest. Because of Morgana. Morgana. Murgos dying. And her being the one to kill her. But yes. It is technically Merlin's fault because he had plenty of chances to get rid of her and he did not and thanks to that we are or they are in the position they are in so so we have the uncle who's you know we just got rid of Morgana for three uh I don't say three years um for however long she's there being the traitor amongst them and so we get rid of her as being the traitor and then we just replace her with the uncle who's now the traitor and of course we're gonna have what the same old storyline of him plotting against Arthur and Uther and um, Merlin and Gaius knowing about it and not doing anything not warning Arthur not you know I hope I hope we're not this is not gonna be dragged out all season of them of him plotting against uh <laughs> author so pretty much morgana point 2.0 um not feeling it and is it me or was uh um i don't even know his name uncle whatever his name is you know kind of giving googly eyes at morgana and kind of coming on to her i was like ew ew please don't let that be true um, I know he was doing it with Gwen, but I thought that was just to, you know, get rid of her. Um, but now I'm like, ooh, he's like that creepy uncle that, ooh, ooh. Anyway, so, yeah, let's obviously just keep an eye out for, for that. And, oh, gosh, I'm not looking forward. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not looking forward to this Morgana 2.0 storyline if you know they're gonna be plotting uh, I mean I get it but ugh, anyways we got episode two which um you know they're out there trying to you know get to the Isle of the Blessed to stop the the, the, the dimension I don't even remember the lady name but the Doraka stop the Doraka from taking over freezing everybody and their mama um and Gwen being extra in this one um yeah I like so at one hand he acting like he got a death wish and then the other hand he's acting all like a scaredy cat and getting in front of everybody and uh yeah so he was uh the extra one of course he's always extra he always every oh yeah we're about to die let's go um kind of thing so that's always been his attitude except you know when they're in that rat hole and he's acting all scared i'm like uh, i thought you was okay with dying Gwaine. anyway so we see merlin um the cliffhanger from episode one was merlin getting frozen up so i guess no one's gonna question how he's the only one that survived nobody else survived everybody else dies from this thing freezing people but merlin survived it okay we'll go with that and we're not gonna question how he made it back to everybody to 
do the thing you know the sacrifice okay but it was a nice little scene between him and arthur when again they were talking about sacrificing themselves and i'm like oh gosh we already know they're not neither one of them gonna die obviously for many reasons um them being the leads of the show that will kind of put an end to the series if they were to die so but yeah but yeah let's lay it on thick though in the meantime so i guess the new power in these two episodes was wind everyone get knocked out by wind i'm like okay (laughs) so everyone's getting knocked out by getting knocked back and hitting their head and so of course author is about to sacrifice himself and then get knocked out shocker among shockers and he's not there to um know what's gonna happen so yeah i mean i will say that part of it was not very uh surprising (laughs) to say the least we got a little arwen moment you know we got gwen feeling bad for thinking she sent lancelot to his death um because he made a promise to her and he kept it i mean he loved her and um but i think it was it wasn't just her it was merlin as well it was a combination of a lot of things you know merlin is his friend um he felt like merlin was meant to do bigger and better things and lancelot you know even though he's noble and i think i guess he is to a fault because he just never had i don't know he just always put himself down and he always I mean, I guess that's just how he was. He was very humble. I will say that. Um, And so, yeah, he felt that everyone's purpose was greater than his. He felt Merlin's purpose was greater and Arthur's purpose was greater. And so he was going to sacrifice himself. I mean, I was sad, but uh, I would have been a lot sadder if I didn't see it coming from a mile away. I mean, it would have had a more of a dramatic effect on me but i still shed a tear because i like lance a lot i really i really did like him um but yeah he just he was just too mopey (laughs) for to stay you know it was just i I, yeah it just wasn't gonna work out he was just too in love with gwen and uh anyways i think that's all i have for now i mean my i'm trying to remember stuff i wrote some stuff down but you know my mind is half on you know the election half on my kids interrupting every five minutes and so i really didn't couldn't focus too much on the feedback that i'm giving um but yeah i'm excited to see what episode episode lord season four has in store but I'm already starting to get some sneaky suspicions about some things. Um, so yeah, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. So one, you stole my thunder, ma'am. Yeah, that's my daughter getting off my bed and leaving my room ASAP. I'm loud in my room. Do you hear this heifer? Anyhow, <laughs> she took my she took my um she stole my thunder with the celebration that was supposed to be on the Ratchet Confessions podcast, but I feel it. I feel it. It's hard not to get it out yesterday because it was a celebration. It really was. 
but we'll talk more about that in another episode (laughs) but as far as this one i'm glad we're of the same opinion um that the second one seemed to have dragged on forever to a very obvious conclusion that that um homeboy lancelot was going to die he was gonna die so that's that's all there was to it um as far as kids interrupting you just heard uh, i did cut that part out because there was like a long silence as i was listening and i was like what the fuck happened then i saw it in your audio so i did take it out for the podcast you're welcome um <laughs> but that's exactly what happens every time you need to do something like record like my daughter would not bother me all day then i'll sit down and record and then she keep knocking on my door i'm like what the fuck i literally said about the record so you know i'm recording i gave you an opportunity to get what you needed out and yet here you come when i'm recording so yeah um why is the shirt in the kitchen yeah there's a laundress it would be away from the house i know because i watched a lot of documentaries (laughs) on the ins and outs of castles and i can assure you that that shirt being in the kitchen was absolutely useless other than to have a reason for merlin to go into the kitchen and um last but not least i think to comment on this episode um (laughs) was you and me uh you and mimi not feeling bad whatsoever for uther i don't even remember what i said last episode i think i'll be trying to play devil's advocate but it does not necessarily mean that i i am on that person's side so i'm completely with you guys in regards to karma visiting uther and i think going back to what i was suppositioning earlier on why aggravain has decided to show up now i think that makes a whole lot of sense she's he's the brother of the mother we know she died in childbirth uther probably had nothing to do with him and he probably would not be in camelot if uther was um was basically on his game but because he's not he gets to show up and play the loving uncle that never was before and of course this is the relationship that arthur never got to have much info on because his father kept it from him so yeah things like hey don't trust uncle aggravain probably never came up because uther is secretive as fuck and never tells anyone anything because he thinks his secrets didn't were never going to come out and then as far as uther being weak i think that's always been the case i think he's always wanted to be or arthur to be a better man than he is but he himself because of the genocide and all the shit he does shows that he is a weak king so it's honestly not surprising to me that his come-ups would come and he'd be like oh I'm not ready to deal with that <laughs> and goes into a shell of himself because like i said eventually you gotta know that even though um arthur ain't judging you too much for that i feel like arthur suppresses a lot of his emotions and he doesn't especially when it comes to his father because he does love him but i know he gotta be like you tried to fucking kill gwen and I, that's something that i know for facts is still resting on his soul and we never saw him confront that fact or the fact that he killed his boo's father or the fact that you know all the shit he did to morgana like he in a sense created the monster that she was 
and he lied about the how uther even came or arthur even came into conception and then merlin's the one that convinced him that morgos was lying so yeah i think that there is a reckoning between father and son that has not happened yet and i'm not sure if it will happen i mean i do but i can't say anything but (laughs) but yeah i do think arthur puts a lot on the inside and just like you know merlin said in this episode like how could you look so brave and so you know like it's not bothering you and it's basically as you're saying you know you're a king he can't let himself look vulnerable or terrified or scared he has to be the face of the kingdom and he's able to do that way better than uther was and that's what makes him a better king so with that let's move on to queen mimi What up, Stina? It's Mimi. Uh, this is my feedback from Merlin, uh, season four, episode. I think I'm in. I think this is yeah, one and two. I'm sorry. I watched this yesterday, and I just realized on my way to work, which is literally what I'm doing, that I don't think I ever uh, recorded anything for it. Um, I, as I'm sure you've heard me um, on social media, this. Uh, election has really been messing with me like uh just waiting this waiting game it's just been really really hard um i guess the last presidency i knew the america was racist but i guess i was under the impression that they were still being hidden racist (laughs) i didn't realize that trump was gonna like win um, I absolutely had no idea that folks isn't going in that booth voting for Trump because they thought it was a joke because they had privilege like that. They could just make a mockery of this country in the election because they despise Hillary so much that they thought it was funny to vote for Trump. So I guess the election wasn't that stressful for me because I, I just assumed that white women would want to vote for other white another white woman. But look at that. Look what happened. So this election, like I could not even I remember when, you know, it first, we first were going through the election during election day. And all those states were red. I remember literally feeling like I was about to burst out into tears at any second. I was like, I cannot do another four years of this. There is absolutely no way on this green earth that I can spend another four years in this Trump America. Like, I can't do it. I remember like being so overwhelmed like I couldn't sleep I would lay down and wake up in an hour lay down and wake up in an hour and and I want you to remember that I worked Tuesday morning so I got off at like eight o'clock and then I voted I didn't even lay down to go to sleep till like noon and I could not sleep I probably got like three hours of sleep so my whole whole week has been like just a hot mess and normally I don't work on Saturdays but because I took Tuesday off to make sure that I went in and voted and I can have the day off to actually see the results. Um, I have to work today, Saturday. So that's why my feedback is late. But um, I just, this, I'm, I'm so happy that we have, that he won, that Biden won, because I, 
I was literally on the computer. I Googled uh, salaries for nurses in Canada, where they would make the most. I needed to look to see what I needed to do to get my license because I know Illinois is, we have like the strictest guidelines when it comes to getting your licensure in um, Illinois to become a nurse. So a lot of the time I have all I need anyway to transfer to be transfer my license to another state but because Canada is a different country I needed to see what I needed to do to get like a work visa and to get my license transferred like I was literally in the process of doing that and Darren was like you know I mean if you want to move I'm totally down with moving to Canada but he was like maybe you should wait and see what happens so like he he, like told me to wait it out and figure it out like we can we can go from there because he was agree- in agreement that come 2021, Trump America was not where we were going to be. So that that is unnecessary at this point. So I feel like now, since my life has settled and I can breathe, I can I can go ahead and you know get my my life back together. So that's why my feedback is late. That's why I rambled on for the last four minutes. Um, this feedback probably won't be that long because I these episodes were kind of like part one and part two I'm pretty sure it was like called dark darkest hour the darkest hours or dark hours or something like that it was almost like a movie so the they just bled into each other like I don't remember when one ended and the other began um I will say I thought this was a really interesting um interesting opening it was really good first I want to talk about Angel Colby because when that screen when the screen got on her and we saw her I was like damn she looks gorgeous oh my god she looks so good her hair's long she had nice dresses oh oh my god you just know Arthur isn't hiding nothing he was holding her hand touching her face like it in in front of the like the area where the king was he don't give no fucks no more like fuck you Luther like he loved his daddy I know that but he don't care he's like whatever you know I will care for you I will do what I need to do but you ain't shit (laughs) and you can't tell me who to love and it, it was so beautiful but she looks so good and I loved how we got to see the Knights of Camelot from the round table in their in their Camelot gear it was it was awesome I I loved every second of it um everybody looked different except Merlin old skinny self he really need to do some sit-ups and some lift some weights because <laughs> he's skinny as heck um and I will say I was pretty disappointed that Uther was still alive I was hoping he drove himself mad enough to maybe he like jumped off of a building or drowned himself in uh, a river um ate a poisonous uh one one of those those bottles that say poison in Gaius's uh living quarters but he did not he's still alive and apparently he's crazy and doesn't talk and just stay out of a window and then Gwen because she's so spectacular is taking care of him and he don't deserve that at all he is such trash and she's better than me because I might have smothered him with the pillow like he killed her daddy and she loved Arthur so much that she is looking past him and caring for his dad like that is spectacular 
Um, the other thing I want to talk about is, oh God, what is his name? The, his uncle, um, Mark, uh, Arthur's uncle. I knew as soon as I saw him, he was going to be evil. I didn't know he was working with Morgana. Not going to lie about that. But I knew he was going to be trash. Like, anybody related to Uther cannot be good. I just refuse to believe it. The only reason Arthur is who he is is because he's half his mom. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is his, oh, his uncle and his relationship with Morgana. Like, it seems inappropriate. Like, am I supposed to be getting sexual vibes from him towards her? Because isn't that his fucking niece? And he knows that? Like, I, I know they didn't explicitly say that that's Uther's uh, brother. But it has to be because he would be like royal blood line for the throne it if it was uther if it was from um arthur's mother then he wouldn't have any kind of claim to the throne which is ridiculous that he does arthur doesn't see any kind of anything wrong with that like why would he want to help you usually like isn't silk sibling rivalry like a thing when it comes to kings like don't they kill each other a lot over stuff like that I guess I don't really know I'm just basing it off of tv and I've seen not I don't do history so I could be like really wrong on this I don't know I'm just throwing that out there I just feel like Arthur is so trusting after everything he's been through like he can't be a little more weary about people that you know he just pulls into um the Camelot business I, I don't know like where where your uncle been this whole time how come he um now that Uther is crazy and not talking he he's okay with coming like you guys don't he don't come visit more often like is this the first time you've seen him since you were like a tiny boy maybe that's a problem I don't know um I am glad that the Gaius was on to him towards the end with the whole Emerus thing so that was awesome so at least I mean, Gaius is pretty worthless. We'll see if he, he's gotten better. He did save Gwen, so I, I can't hate him too much. But he's pretty trash when it comes to um, being able to tell people any kind of useful information. I'm honestly surprised he didn't straight up tell the dude that, oh, Emrys? Oh, yeah, that's, that's Merlin. Because, you know, he, be, he don't know how to lie. But I guess he will lie for Merlin. So that's, that's something that's great. Um, what else do we talk about, um, Arthur? Like, why is he so quick to sacrifice himself? Like, I'm not saying that he should just, like, serve up somebody else on a platter. But, like, why was he, if I gotta go here and sacrifice myself, like, why? Make your uncle do it. You sacrifice yourself, sir, as me. I'm telling you, Prince, for Camelot, you can die. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't do that. But I just, I was just not okay with him. Just, he didn't even think about it. Didn't hesitate. He's just, I'm just, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Like, why? So, so if Uther gets better, he's king. And then if Uther dies, which is more likely what's going to happen. Because he's sitting in a corner, pale as hell. Probably not eating. Probably, you know, mentally going through some things. So, he's not in the best health state so he's probably gonna die soon so why would you just leave Camelot defenseless your uncle we ain't seen that man in at least four years so 
you know, we don't know nothing about him. Camelot don't know. You don't know what kind of ruler he would be. And you just go and trust Camelot in, in his sole uh, custody. Doesn't seem like a fair move, sir. Doesn't even seem very smart. Um, the last point I want to talk about is ugh, Lancelot. I, I knew as soon as Gwen said, you know, protect him and then Lancelot was like, I'll protect him with my life. I knew he was going to die. Like I knew he was going to sacrifice himself for basically Gwen. Like he was pretending like he didn't still love her, but them looks he was giving her when he thought nobody was looking like, boy, you are not fooling anybody. You know, you regret all your life choices, but I mean, let's be real. If Gwen wanted you instead of Arthur, she wouldn't have let you just, you know, walk away from her like that. Even even Gwen saw it. Like you you would never you really never had her. She was always Arthur's and that sucks, but you know, it's life. And I knew he was gonna be like, you know, the least I can do is sacrifice myself for her. I love her so much. And it was I just cannot believe that he is gone. Like, I, I'm not okay with this. Like, I legit started crying. Like, I was sad. He was so spectacular in this entire, these two episodes. I swear when um, Merlin got hurt um, by those dra Dracons or whatever they're called, and um, we saw that um, Sir Lancelot had to take Merlin to back to Camelot for, for guys to help him. When, <laughs> when he like saw those like the little water drop fairies whatever they were when they were like you know we'll protect you overnight the way he looked he was like yes I'm on this winning team I feel like he knew at that moment he was gonna sacrifice himself for for Arthur and for Gwen and for Camelot but I feel like that was like so so good like it was just so warm and fuzzy for him like being able to see Merlin, save Merlin, being able to, to see the magic, being able, like, everything about that scene just warmed my heart, because I knew he was gonna die, I just knew it, I was like, at least he got to have one really, really nice, warm, good sleep, like, how, how many of those has he had, um, and then he was in that cabin with the rabbits and shit, so I was like, I'm, I'm sure he got a good meal, so that's nice, at least, at least he got, his, his going out party was, was nice, you know, good sleep, food, warm you know they had a house to stay in so yeah but I'm just I'm just sad because Lancelot was what did the dragon call him the most noblest of all knights <laughs> he was like well I don't know about that like boy you know daggone well what you about to do stop playing you ain't fooling nobody oh <sighs> I'm just so sad and then at the end when Gwen was crying because she knew that he basically sacrifice himself for her like that shit hurt like I was already sad as fuck and then we had to watch his like sword and his uh cloak and you know his gear be lit up that shit was emotional and I was a damn mess a damn mess and then we had to see Gwen crying because she knew like huh I mean and then the look on Arthur's face like I guess he I guess he just I guess maybe he never really thought maybe he I can't remember if he knew that Gwen had a thing for Sir Lancelot I'm not sure but I feel like he was sad 
that his girl was sad and he's also sad that his friend is dead like oh it was just oh it was so so much um oh before i before i end this um i do want to talk about morgana and morgos because i knew that heifer wasn't dead i was like there's no way but i guess she was dying anyway it was a whole year so whatever was wrong with her you know maybe maybe when merlin did whatever he did and gaius maybe they drained her powers i don't know but she looked a hot ass mess um but you know she sacrificed herself so they can open the veil i just don't understand what morgana thought was gonna happen like that veil being open was dangerous for everybody they could ki they could have killed you like wh why like it, you you were to use your the, your last powers for this like that's so stupid <sighs> i i don't know um it's cool that morgana has control of her powers it seems like her powers have grown um oh, what else uh i i really don't have much else to say i know there was a lot of things that happened um i know merlin did good for change i wasn't i mean he did use his powers really obviously in front of everybody but yet nobody saw it but i i've come to terms with just looking past that because it, it feels like this is where we are and we're gonna have to see that crap all the time um but i do i did like both episodes um i just i didn't write notes i even if i had notes i couldn't look at them so um yeah i think this is all i have to say i whatever i forgot i'll just add it in next week's feedback um so i'm gonna end it here until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out that was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. So it definitely seems we're all fairly aligned on how we felt about the episodes. I feel like you was more tore up about Lancelot than me and Shy. <laughs> I think Shy was definitely tore up. But yeah, you're right. Um, it was an emotional thing that he would sacrifice it all for Gwen because that was the only good thing going for him in his life and as far as did arthur know oh yeah no arthur knew <laughs> remember they went and rescued gwen <laughs> and gwen made it very clear that she would have ran off with lancelot that night if he had told her like that was their plans so i think in this moment she had always been been arthur's to love however like i've stated at least how my viewpoint on it is that she did love lancelot but then he broke her heart he not only left he left without a word he left through a message through merlin he made he left in a way that guaranteed she would never feel the exact same way as she did in that moment and then also I, I, that's why i always had a problem with that episode to be honest gwen fell in love with uh, with lancelot over the course of like two days and it was because she was at the end of a rope. She'd been taken. She's far away from her home. She has nothing worth really living for. And here's someone telling her, you're worth everything. You mean everything. I will sacrifice my entire life to uh, be with you and, you know, sacrifice for you. So, yeah, no, he put on the best game. And <laughs> he um, won her heart in that moment. And she thought, okay, maybe I can uh start a life with this person because she was liking him before then this is before arthur really came into arthur uh not the arthur we know now 
so yeah i think that they had the moment but it's gone it was a love and then he came back thinking that love was gonna possibly be reunited but it wasn't like the way she even walked away (laughs) after she said protect arthur like he was like she didn't even say protect yourself those really those feelings are gone but like you said he got his last meal and everything um as far as Morgos, i'm guessing because they did say that morgana when she used her magic he, she killed two people so i guess it just depends on the force of whatever magic they use apparently knocking her face into that that banister thing was enough to give her serious brain damage or at least cause massive injuries to that part of her face some nerves i don't know but yeah she was fucked up this last year and apparently could not heal herself and wanted to sacrifice herself i think it was shy that pointed it out and i think that's important to note that yeah morgana don't look sane she don't look sane (laughs) she just had to kill her own sister and her sister even said you're gonna be changed after this and i think that's another one of those things that from this point forward we're not dealing with an altogether sane person so i always thought that was something to note that a lot of people did not like oh it didn't make sense what she was doing of course it didn't she's fucking insane she's lost her marbles (laughs) um the only thing that was keeping her even half together was her sister and now she's gone by her own hand so yeah i and and the only person that's ever taught her anything is her sister and i think that i think shy pointed it out too that it looks like he has some sexual eyes for her yeah he has some sexual eyes for her disgusting but he has sexual eyes for her (laughs) they ain't related by blood well i guess that i don't know don't even get me started on the sister brother thing but uh it also seemed like everything had uh eyes for guinevere too so he's just an all (laughs) around creep (laughs) but i think just like she learned from her sister the best way to keep a man uh doing what you want and i bet since it was a few months ago my guess is the uncle wasn't planning on coming to camelot until they convinced him hey you should go to camelot and play this inside game yes i agree with you is it a little old and done yes yes it is i didn't cry for lancelot um because i wrote that in my notes you cried for lancelot oh but i did not because this is like the 14th time and like i said lancelot always seems suicidal to me he never seemed as if and i can't remember like he is the most noble of them all because he's self-sacrifices for everyone he's not a selfish person he's a selfless person but i also think that he had some serious mental issues <laughs> of his own worth and i think that's what was holding him back more than anything um i don't remember much about the the yeah they made it much more nefarious between the uh, guinevere and lancelot storyline in lamort arthur than they do in the show that be alive he moving what he moving the bee the bug okay my why are you telling me unless you go take an actual broom and get rid of the bug i suggest you stop coming in here but you better go in your room then you better go in your room i'll handle it when i handle it i ain't about to handle it right now there's a bug on our ceiling and she just keeps coming to me to tell me that it's a bug i'm like i don't know what you want me to do about it you better get rid of that bug or you better take a broom and handle it otherwise don't come in here telling me about the bug 
I don't care if it's a bee. This is what you get for leaving the door window open. I told you to not keep the windows open. You don't want to let the bee in. Anyhow. <laughs> I think that's going to be all my comments. <laughs> for the episode. As I now have to go handle a bee situation. That I was not intending to. So if you want to join in the conversation next time, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black on magic.